passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family owned and operated, a no pressure, laid back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. Y'all ready for this? This is the Gimme the Hogs Chuck Podcast, presented by Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company. Just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. He is a loathsome, offensive brute. Yet I can't look away. This is the business we've chosen. Give me the I don't know about the rest of you, but I am ready to get to the football game tomorrow night. Seems like we've talked about everything this week except the football game. But it's finally going to kick off tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. And I'm going to guess all the people who are going to be involved in this game, from players to coaches to everybody with both schools, They're ready to put this week behind them. They're ready to play this game and move on to other things. Um, The return of Bobby Petrino to Fayetteville this week has been the story, uh, for better or worse. Uh, That's how it works when you have situations like this that come up, and there shouldn't be any real surprise about that. But ultimately, the players are going to decide this on the field tomorrow night. Arkansas is a heavy favorite. They should be a heavy favorite. But Missouri State's a pretty good team, ranked fifth in the FCS, and as we've already seen in college football this season, uh, just because you're a heavy favorite doesn't mean you're going to be the winner at the end of the ball game. Now, we've got a lot to do as we move through the podcast today. Chris Lowe is one of the best college football writers out there. He writes for ESPN.com. He had a piece earlier this week about Coach Petrino's return to Fayetteville, his team, the Razorbacks. And, you know, Chris Lowe always writes it in such an entertaining fashion, such an easy read, and you always feel like, when you finish the column or the article or the story that you knew more than you did when you sat down. And so we're going to have an opportunity to talk with him coming up in just a few moments. As always, the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast is brought to you by Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. Professional realtors, the ones who know how to get you from contract to close, the ones who know how to negotiate the deal, the ones who are full-time realtors. This is not something they do on the side. This is something they do every day. And they do understand the process, and they can get you through the process, whether you're a buyer or a seller. You can look for their yellow signs. They're all around town. Remember, they've got locations in Fayetteville, Springdale, Bentonville, and Fort Smith. Or you can log on to WeikertGriffin.com. You're listening to the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast presented by White Herd Realtors, the Griffin Company. We are very pleased today on the podcast to welcome Chris Lowe of ESPN.com. I think he's just one of the best college football writers out there. And 
I still like to read uh, as opposed to seeing everything through video. And uh, Chris is one of the best. And Chris, first off, I know it's a busy time for you. How are you? I'm doing great. It's great to be with you guys. Now, before we get into the piece you wrote this week about Bobby Petrino's return to Fayetteville, I, I just want to get your thoughts on this Razorback football team. You watch a lot of college football. What do you think of this team and, and maybe what Sam Pittman's been able to do in a short amount of time? It's remarkable what he's done. I mean, when you think he took over, Bergman had lost 19 straight SEC games, and then you watch what they did last year, what they did in the first SEC game this year, the way they just – you know, have bullied people physically. Uh, what they've done with KJ Jefferson, Kendall Browse, that entire offensive staff, the way they brought him along. Uh, what Barry Odom has done, he's been able to fill some gaps on defense this year. Uh, and then the way that the players respond to Sam and the way they rally the toughness and physicality they play with, I, I'm really impressed. I love to watch the play. I, I didn't get to see a lot of the South Carolina game last week. I saw some of it, but I watched almost all of the Cincinnati game. And uh, that's, to me, that's vintage Sam Pittman football. And the way they run the ball, uh, the way they play with such a, an edge. Uh, I think right now, Georgia, I think most people would agree, is the best team in the league. Uh, Alabama is still number two, and they struggled last week. But if you're looking for a three, I think right now what we've seen in two weeks, Arkansas is three. Now, will they be there five weeks from now? I don't know. Uh, I'll say this about the Hogs. They, uh, they have the talent. And the coaching, I think, and the approach to be one of the top three or four teams in the league. You know, what I don't like about the Hogs is their schedule's brutal. You know, when you have to go to BYU in the middle of the season, sandwiched around SEC games, that's never a schedule conducive to, to be a team that's going to win 10 plus games. That said, then, you know, I don't know that I would put that past Sam and his team. They really, uh, they really have something special brewing there in Fayetteville. You wrote a piece earlier this week about Bobby Petrino's return to Fayetteville. It's, it's been an interesting week in Arkansas because normally a game against an FCS opponent on the third week wouldn't even be a blip on the radar. But because of all the things surrounding it, it's, it's become a tough ticket. It's, it's an event um, in our state. I think a lot of people in Arkansas wonder, is Bobby Petrino mellowed? Um, you spoke with him for this, and I know you've probably spoken with him some other times too. It's, it's a simple question, but I think that's what people wonder about. What was your take when you visited with him? Bobby is truly remorseful that it ended the way it did at Arkansas uh, for a couple of different reasons. A, that it embarrassed his family, uh, his wife in particular. And I think B, Bobby knew that they were on the cusp of doing something special there in football. The way they had it rolling, um, his ability to, to bring in the kind of kids he, he was doing and the way they played, the way he developed them. And that, you know, Arkansas really hadn't been to that level in a long time. Uh, I think he still that eats at him. You know, what, what could we have done? What would that program have been had I not screwed it up? You know, he's pretty candid about that. It, it was on him. Not, not anybody else. It was on Bobby. He's a tough, hard, uh, in your face. You know, he, he, you know it's, when, when you go watch Bobby's practices, you don't think you're in Sunday school, you know, <laughs> some of the language and the way he gets after people. But, you know, you talk to players who played for him at Louisville and, and uh, even way back when he was a quarterback's coach, guys like Mark Brunel, certainly guys here at Arkansas, they will tell you that there were a lot of times they didn't really necessarily like it. They didn't like the language. They didn't like some of the 
things he did and the way he treated them. Uh, but as they look back on it, and we're probably all like this to some degree, teachers, principals, coaches in our lives, they're thankful that he did push and challenge the way he did because it made them, you know, better football players. Uh, Eric Wood at Louisville said very succinctly, he said, listen, the way he coached me allowed me to play nine years in the NFL. He was a Pro Bowl player. I don't know that without Petrino challenging me every day the way he did, that I would be able to play that long and, and to that level. So I think Bobby's a guy that if you're around him and you look back on those times you were with him, you appreciate him a lot more than maybe you do in the present. And that's just, again, that's the coach, the hard nose. You know, I know his dad was like that. Uh, he played for his dad. He coached for his dad out there in Montana. Um, but, no, he's, he's just – I think Tyler – Wilson, I can't remember which one, or DJ Williams, one of the kids who played there at Arkansas said it best that he was an acquired taste. And I'll say this for Bobby, having spent like a day and a half with him in, in Springfield, Missouri, he is a, he really seems to be in a good place. His grandkids are all there, all eight of them. His entire family is there with the exception of his youngest son, Bobby Jr., who's out running a, uh, one of these hot works fitness centers out in Colorado. Uh, but having his whole family and, and his two son-in-laws and Nick's son on his staff, I think has really been a, uh, a a big deal for he and Becky and that entire family. And I don't think anybody's surprised that he's going in there and turned that program around. That's that's sort of who he is as a football coach. Has he mellowed to answer your question? I don't know. I, I don't know that Bobby's ever going to mellow. I don't know that's really in his DNA. But, you know, his son, L.D. Scott, his son-in-law, I thought what he said was pretty telling. He said, I've seen a lot of different versions of Bobby Petrino. This might be the best, the most relaxed version of him I've seen. And, you know, I know Bobby is, is good coaching those kids and giving them another chance, just like he got another chance, multiple chances. Uh, and I know we all wonder, and I asked him, well, you know, will he, be all, will he get another shot on the big stage? Will another Power Five president or AD take a shot on him? I wouldn't say it's out of the realm, a possibility, because the guy can coach his butt off. But it's going to have to take probably a strong president or chancellor, a strong AD to say, you know what, despite all the baggage, and despite his reputation, and despite the fact that when you hear his name, immediately you think of that wreck in Arkansas and you think of some other things, this guy has proven that he can get a program to elite level. We're going to take a shot on him. And, and see what it can do at our place. I think there's always at least one of those somewhere that uh, that may indeed give him another shot. You know, it's interesting you bring up the family angle. Um, my impression of Coach Petrino when he was here was it was always Bobby Petrino against the world. And, you know, Bobby Petrino by himself. I get the sense now, and I want to hear what you think about this having been there, that – he feels like he's he's got a pack now. I, I mean, he says his family's on board. It's not just Bobby Petrino against the world. It's me and my whole family maybe against the world. But but it doesn't seem like he's fighting by himself anymore. No, he's very um, – I think he's empowered by the fact that his whole family's there. He mentioned that multiple times when I was with him, you know, the fact that you know, his grand, every Wednesday is, is the early practice there, for instance. And his grandkids, most all of them are there. And they run out on the field and they're hugging him. And he's, you know, messing around, playing with them, throwing them up. 
up and down the air. That part of it, I know that he really is grateful for to have him there. You know, because when we go through times and we have some of the self-inflicted things that he's had and you, you maybe you're on the cusp of losing your family, you probably are a lot more grateful that you're still with him and they're all there. I know he is. And that, you know, to your point, you know, I think that they are in this together and, and he feels that way. I think his family has reassured him of that. Bobby is, if you talk to 10 people, and I tried my best in writing that story to talk to people across different, you know, administrators who'd work with him, players who'd played for him, coaches who'd coached under him, friends, and one of his good buddies from Fort Smith there, Steve Cox. Um, they all have a little bit different version. The stories are all different, but the the sort of the common theme is he's sort of a perfectionist who's can be brutally honest sometimes to the point where he rubs people wrong. Uh, even I love Steve Cox's anecdote. Their buddy, Steve Cox, admits he said, listen, I never played high school sports. I'm not an athlete, so I go to his fantasy camps. You know, and he still gives me grief that I'm one of the most unathletic guys he's ever seen <laughs> at his camp. Well, that's Bobby in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. You know, that's exactly who he is. I don't think he's ever going to apologize for that. I don't think he's ever going to change. But, you know, he's also not this guy. You know, if you've been around him in settings outside football, you know, he's not always one of these abrasive, in-your-face, cuss-you-out kind of guys. There are different versions of him. It's just that he doesn't show that version to many people. Yeah, I was interested when I read the quotes from the former players and administrators that you cited a minute ago. There was always that one line in their quote where they talked about what a great coach he was. Jeff Long even said in his last line, but I still maintain he's a hell of a coach. You know, Tyler Wilson in his first comment said, he's one of the best I've ever played for. I didn't like him at first, but he's one of the best I've ever played for. That's the common theme. You've been around his football program or were around his, 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 his program there for a couple of days. It's still all football with him. And I get the sense that he'd love to get all this coming back to Fayetteville behind him, but he relishes the opportunity to play an SEC team. Yeah, he does. It's sort of see what his team can do. I mean, they're, they're a good team. He's brought in some really good players, and, and his quarterback is dynamic, you know, really athletic. Jason Shelley, I think he's a guy that in the FC ranks, FCS ranks will be one of the best players in the country this year. Uh, Bobby loves a challenge, man. He he's a competitor, fierce competitor, and that's probably, like a lot of coaches, have gotten the best of him at times. I don't think he relishes – coming back to Arkansas and having to relive the past. I can tell you when I talked to him and when I would ask him some of those questions, you know, he would squirm a little bit. I don't think that's his favorite topic, nor would it be mine um, about what happened 10 years ago and the way he handled it. But no, you're right, man. He, I think he's bringing his football team back against a really good team, against a top team, top 10 team nationally is something he relishes to see, Hey, how, how do we fare against one of the best teams in America? And then going forward, what he can do with this team. There, there's a lot of hope around Missouri State, around Springfield, that they can be a, a legitimate title challenger this year. It can go deep in the FCS playoffs. He's all football all the time. And that's, that's what he loves. He loves scheming up. He loves practicing. He loves developing. He loves pushing guys to their limit, just sort of who he is. I mean, don't you think it's telling that all eight of his grandkids call him coach? Every one of them call him, they call him coach. And he, I think he loves that. 
Uh, but no, I mean, that's who he is. And yeah, I think there'll be a part of him that, you know, just like when I was with him, I don't think he really was jumping up and down about some of the questions I asked him. He knew they were coming to his credit. And I don't think, you know, as he comes back, that as that part of Arkansas sort of rears its head again, that he's going to be just um, eager to sort of relive that. But there are a lot of good times there too. And I think Bobby, when I talked to him, you know, he made that clear that he's done his best over time to remember what they did and what they built. Uh, and I'll never forget, and we talked about this, I'll never forget sitting in Baton Rouge that Friday, the Friday after Thanksgiving in 2011. And LSU's one and Alabama's two and Arkansas's three. You know, if the Hogs win this game, they're probably going to play for the national championship. And you're talking about something that a conversation that hadn't happened there in Arkansas since Lou Holtz was there mm. in the 70s. So he had that program on the doorstep potentially playing for national championships. And I think down deep, that's what Bobby's going to remember when he comes back. That You know what? We had this place rocking. The fans were excited. Even the the president, Dave Gearhart, who was the president, former president, chancellor, said, you know, there were some things that sort of were on the cutting room floor that I couldn't get in the store. He said he took us to, to heights that we just hadn't been at in football. Our fans were excited. Uh, it, was, it was the kind of thing that really sort of galvanized the Arkansas community and then having it go so bad, so abruptly, I think it's the thing that turned everybody's stomach that it had to end that way for everybody. Last question. Sam Pittman's made it a point this week to talk about how they still recruit off those years. And I can tell you there's a big, beautiful football building on our campus that would not be there, at least not at this point, had it not been for Bobby Petrino's success. What's your take on how Sam Pittman's handled this this week? Exactly like I thought Sam would, a pro, just a total pro. Uh, Sam's got no ego. Uh, a lot of coaches would never give credit to a predecessor like that as publicly as he has. And, you know, when I, I actually had a chance to come by and visit with Sam, when I went to Springfield and spent some time with Bobby, it's only about a a little more than a two-hour drive from Springfield to Fayetteville. So I actually came through and spent a day or so there in Fayetteville on visit with Sam and Kendall Bryles and Barry Odom and actually sat down with K.J. Jefferson. There is a genuine respect there, you know, for just exactly what you said. It's only been 10 years ago. And, you know, kids only remember so far back when you're recruiting them now. So if you're recruiting an 18-year-old kid, you know, he, he probably remembers – how good they were and how they were swimming in those championship waters. And you could use that in recruiting. Hey, we've been there. You know, they showed what we can do in this league, the best league in America. And I think probably even more so is what you point out, the fact that they had that kind of success, they were able to upgrade facilities and get people on board and get people to donate, you know, and, and jump in. And you're right. Their facilities are great. And I, I travel all around the country and I remember Arkansas, what their facilities were like, you know, in 2005, 2004, and where they are now. They're night and day. And I think Bobby's success and the fact that he had them, as I said, on the precipice of maybe playing for championships uh, led to a lot of that. So I, I'm not surprised at all what Sam has said, the way he's sort of taken the approach he has. Uh, Sam's probably one of the 
he's one of the more humble, tough, blue collar, exactly what you think he is, guys, in the coaching profession. And you know what? That's why the kids play so hard for him. Chris, I could talk to you all day, but um, I know you're on a tight schedule, and I appreciate you making some time for us today. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me. It's good to, good to talk, and I'm sure that will be a festive atmosphere. Oh, it'll be Saturday good. there at Reynolds it's Stadium. It'll be an event. There's no doubt about it. Chris, thanks. Thank you. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, 50. That's BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, 5-0. Bet online. We're the- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Game starts. You're listening to the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast presented by White Curd Realtors, the Griffin Company. Thanks to Chris Lowe for making time to visit with us today. That was an interesting conversation, not just on Bobby Petrino, but the Razorbacks and Sam Pittman and you know what we might see moving forward maybe from, uh, from the Razorbacks and, and Missouri State. I want to talk just for a second about something I said at the outset of the podcast today that I know that there are a lot of people who are tired of hearing about Bobby Petrino this week, and I get that. I certainly do. But if you've lived in Arkansas all your life, or if you've been here a while, the Razorbacks are how we mark time. You can pick out a specific year, and more than likely, if there was a significant Razorback win in that year, that's one of the things you're going to think about. And as we mark time through the Razorbacks, one of the ways we do that is through head coaching eras. The Frank Broyles era, the Lou Holtz era, the Ken Hatfield era. It goes on and on. There are defining moments in every one of those eras. There are defining wins. Sometimes there are defining losses. But it is certainly one of the ways that we mark time. And the Bobby Petrino era, for a lot of Razorback fans who may not be as old as some others, that era represented the very best that they've had it as a Razorback football fan. The last two years, the trip to the Sugar Bowl, then the win over Kansas State in the Cotton Bowl, those were the best days for a lot of Razorback fans. And the manner in which it ended is something that will stick with them for a long time. And so I think it's important that you talk about it. And I know that that is what the majority of our Kansans have been talking about this week. I want to circle back to something Chris said just a few minutes ago. I asked him 
How do you think Sam Pittman's handled all of this? And you heard his answer. I asked that for a reason. I believe this week that Sam Pittman has handled this as well as any human being could. I don't think, frankly, we've had a coach who would have handled this as well as Sam Pittman has handled it. It would have been very easy for him to say, I'm not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about Bobby Petrino this week. You know, you see coaches, and I remember when Lou Holtz came back and Houston Nutt was the head coach. You know, Houston Nutt was very gracious as far as Lou Holtz was concerned during the week. But you know, Frank Broyles was still around back then. And that week, if you'll remember, most of the story, so to speak, centered around Coach Broyles' relationship with Coach Holtz and ultimately the departure of Coach Holtz from Arkansas. And, you know, I thought Houston not handle it very well that week. But I think, respectfully, Sam Pittman's gone even above and beyond that. Bobby Petrino's not his former coach. This is a guy that he has no relationship with at all. It would be very easy for him to just say, I'm only going to talk about the future. I'm not going to talk about the past. And everyone would have accepted that. Everyone would have understood exactly why he said it. But he didn't do that. He embraced it. I think in part because he understands that for our fan base, that was a very important era. And for a good portion of our fan base as well, that high water mark represents a spot where they'd like the Razorback football program to be again. And I think for that reason, and just because I think he's a decent man, uh, Sam Pittman has not shied away from that this week. And I am more certain this week than perhaps any other week that we've got the right guy leading our program. What he has said this week about Coach Petrino and the way they've used it in recruiting and what it meant to our program That's the sign of a secure leader. Secure leaders aren't worried about what somebody did in the past. Secure leaders aren't worried about a high water mark that one of their predecessors might set. When you're secure in your steps and you're secure in your program, you don't worry about things like that. Sam Pittman is the undisputed leader of our football program, and he's not worried about things like that. It's been 10 years since all of that went down. Finally, we have come through on the other side, so to speak. Our program has come through on the other side, and we're in really good shape. And this time, I believe it's being built to last. There's a fundamental foundation within our program now that is unshakable, and that's because of the head coach. And that's what gives this thing a chance to last a while. And that's why I'm certain that we've got the right guy. You're listening to the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast presented by White Curd Realtors, the Griffin Company. There's some big games around the SEC this weekend. Lots of them, as a matter of fact, and some that are going to kind of give us a sign of how things may be going as we move through the rest of the year. Georgia and South Carolina play the early game. That's at 11 on ESPN. Hard to give South Carolina much of a chance in this. Georgia's not allowed a touchdown yet. I figure South Carolina will score a touchdown, but it's hard to imagine them hanging with Georgia for very long. Ole Miss is at Georgia Tech. Now, this is not a game that, you know, rings a lot of bells nationally, but this is not a gimme for Ole Miss. Georgia Tech's 1-1. They lost to Clemson, and then they beat an FCS team last weekend. 
in a lot of ways, it's a typical Georgia Tech team. They can't score. They don't make plays at critical times. They're not a real good team. But, you know, Ole Miss is still undecided on quarterback. Starting one guy one game, another guy the next game. Lane Kiffin's not saying who's going to start in this ball game. That may be because he's not sure who the best one is. I suspect Ole Miss still wins this ball game, but it's their first road game of the year. And I think this ball game may give us a little bit of an idea about whether Ole Miss is really struggling or whether a lot of that narrative's overrated. Penn State plays at Auburn. Penn State beat Auburn last year up in State College. Now, Brian Harson can quiet some people, at least for a while, if they win this ball game. But I just got to think Penn State's a little bit better at quarterback. And that may prove to be the difference. Auburn could use a big, big win. And I think this will be a close one on Saturday. I got Mississippi State going to LSU and winning. I thought Mississippi State was impressive last weekend. I think they're pretty good. I got the dogs going to Baton Rouge and uh, beating LSU at Tiger Stadium. Texas A&M and Miami in College Station. I don't know when the season began a short two weeks ago that we would have imagined that A&M would be ranked 24th and Miami would be ranked 13th, but that's what's happened. And uh, A&M seems to be already, you know, looking for a lifeline. And they need a win in the worst sort of way. They never planned on being 1-2 and two going into Arkansas. They never planned on being anything but 3-0. and oh. And seasons can spiral. Seasons can spiral out of control in a hurry when things get out of hand. And this is a critical moment for Texas A&M. It's going to be a Ball game that a lot of people pay attention to from a national perspective. Recruits, fans, everybody. A&M's got to get the ship righted. I think it's going to be tough for him Saturday night. All right, that's going to do it for the week. Hogs at 6 o'clock tomorrow night. I want to remind you to download the Hit That Line podcast network. you got to download it. You can subscribe. You can like on Facebook. But make sure you download it. Make sure you listen to the other programs that are on the HitThatLine.com podcast network. They're all good. Now, we're going to be back on Monday. We'll recap the weekend. We suspect we'll be talking about the Razorbacks having moved to 3-0 and and solidifying their spot in the top 10. We'll see how the Aggies fare on Saturday night. Hogs got them next week in Dallas. We're back Monday. Until then, thanks for listening. Boonville Batman is up next. The night is darkest just before the dawn. Give me the hugs, Chuck. I'm Batman. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.